0: Welcome to the Ashy Knuckles Podcast, the podcast for MMA fans, by MMA fans. I'm your host, Brian W., also known as Breakdown Brian. I'm joined, as usual, by Mosey P. and Marky G. We also have a special guest today, my man, Bad Juju, in the house. What's up, Juju? What's
1: up? How you feeling, man? Uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling good? Exciting weekend, man. We got a free card. Always good when it's free. Mm -hmm. That's how I say it, bro. If it's free, it's me. All day, every day. So
0: we got um, some welterweight action this weekend. We got um, Leon Edwards going up against Bilal Muhammad. How you how you see that going and what do you think about the Welterweight division in general? Juju?
1: Um I think people have been waiting on Leon Edwards to uh you know to fight and then um you know if he wins I'm pretty sure it's going to go you know him and Usman and I'm pretty sure people want to watch that so you know we'll just have to see and uh wait and see if he's going to win it. Um, I don't know if there's any other really, you know, I'm pretty sure it's been already fought majority of the people. So I think that's the next smart move is uh, if it, Edwards wins to go ahead and uh, get that title shot. Looking at the at the um, welterweight
0: division, um, the champion Kamaru Uzman has already defeated most of the guys in the top five. Uh, including Leon Edwards. But that was that was really early in his career. I think that was his last loss. Yeah, I think uh, Le- Leon's been on the
1: longest...
0: Sh- How many is it, eight now? Eight fights in a row? Well, no, that's not his last loss.
1: Uh, Masvidal was his last loss. <laughs> Unofficial, though. But that was his last loss. <laughs>
0: so, Uzman was his last for real loss. Professional. He right. He didn't get two-pieced in a soda by, uh,
2: by Street Jesus. Uh, that, was, that was in the back.
0: Yes. But
1: here's the interesting thing about that. Leon's been
0: calling his number over and over again and Leon seems to be where Usman was four, two or three years ago. Two or three years ago, nobody wanted to fight Usman. Like, literally, he couldn't get a fight. Like, they had to force guys in there to fight him. And I guess you can see why, because all that dude do is win, 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 no matter what. Um, And that's kind of what that's similar trajectory that Leon Edwards' career is taking. He just keeps winning and winning and winning and winning. And he can't get a top guy to sign the the contract. Um, Mo, let's start with you, man. How do you see this fight going between, obviously, we haven't even mentioned his name yet. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, who's also on a five-fight winning streak. How do you see this fight going between Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad? And what do you think about the the welterweight division in general?
2: What I like about uh, Muhammad is his pressure. He goes in, and he keeps going in. I guess he don't care about getting punched. I mean, you could look in his eyes and see it. and Leon Edwards, man, I just watched
1: some highlights of him and he's, he's pretty good. Pretty good. But either way, I, I I got this a coin flip. I can't call it. It's going to be a good one.
2: Then welterweight division. You got Usman. He's the only person he hasn't beat is a wonder boy. So either way, is, I don't know what they're going to do. They got so many matchups they could
1: make a big pay-per-view out of. It's, it's crazy. It's a really good problem to have. Well,
2: did they ever say who the coaches for the Ultimate Fighter are? I don't believe that was announced yet. Not yet. For TV, they could do Kobe and uh, Masvidal.
1: That, that seems great, great
2: for like, TV. Yeah. That seems to make the most sense, but for sport, it it probably have to be Kobe and Uzman. Here's because the thing: though, he's he won last. Is uh who did he beat? Tyron. He beat Tyron. He did.
1: Dominated. So, I mean, that's that's rankings. Well, here's here's the thing
2: though:
0: when you do. If if you do the ultimate fighter, you're gonna with the champion and one of the contenders. You're gonna leave those guys in the belt on the shelf for a long time. Oh, and they but, could get uh
2: Masvidal against whoever wins this fight Saturday. Interesting.
1: That's uh,
2: another contender fight.
1: Marky Mark, what do you think, man? Same question.
3: I mean, I feel the same as Mosey. I feel that it's all about pressure versus Chris striking. That's what it's going to be about. And Leon Edwards has that crisp striking. Muhammad, though, has a better grappling game. He's better at grappling. He's better at the takedowns. But will he take down Leon Edwards? I don't think so. I think that Leon Edwards will probably piece him up and keep him up. So... I say decision by Leon Edwards. Okay. And then when it comes to the welterweight division itself, there's unlimited possibilities. There really is. You can have all the rematches with Usman because a lot of people are craving them, even though I don't really think some of them are all that interesting. I, I'm just a Kobe hater. So I don't really think that he needs to get back in there, but I say Leon Edwards deserves it. Give him the shot put Masvidal versus Kobe in the ultimate fighter, and whoever wins that can go against the winner of Leon Edwards if he gets to that fight, and usman That's
1: how I feel it should go. I, 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 I like all those. I mean, I like all those options. Here's
0: how I see it. So going into this fight uh, specifically, Leon Edwards versus... Um, Excuse me, Bilal Muhammad. But Bilal is a pressure fighter. He's the kind of guy that he loves to go forward and throw a lot of pressure at you. Keep you. He likes to keep his opponents against the cage and keep them on their back foot. His grappling ability isn't overwhelmingly good, but I think this is a kind of a this is in a way this is a somewhat of a mirror match because, like like the, the same way Mosey just said. Both of these guys, it could be a coin flip because what do I see it? Um, I think Rocky does have the crisp, the more crisp striking. Like he's a little bit more proficient in kickboxing. He has a little bit better defense and offense in the striking game, but his grappling ability is really high level as well. Like I don't think there's an edge. I don't think Bilal has an edge in grappling. I think this matchup is like pretty close on both. I think Leon might have a slight edge in striking. And I think the grappling is kind of neutral. So I expect this to be a kickboxing match. I don't think it will be, given that it's a five rounder, uh, I don't think it's going to be a ton of grappling. I don't really see that. Um, And looking at some of the past opponents of both, both have faced, well, Leon's faced, obviously, higher competition being ranked number three. Um, But in that, he's faced some really good grapplers and he's been tested by those, those grapplers and most of them haven't been able to keep him down or hold them down however i don't see this fight even though i see it as a mirror match i don't quite see it as a coin flip i don't think i think it's leon's fight to lose in fact i think if he wins impressively he should get the title shot for sure but if this fight turns out to be a sort of a dog fight where he ekes out a decision or it's not a dominant decision win, then I don't know. Um, I think here's my uh, ultimate fighter scenario in the case that he wins by decision. I say you take Street Jesus, Leon Edwards, make them the coaches for the ultimate fighter. You match up. Yeah, because then that way you get the American crowd and the London crowd involved. You also get that grudge match between them because he got, like you said, backstage, he yeah. got the three piece in the soda. Unofficially, um, Street Jesus walked out of England with two and oh because he knocked out Till and he pieced up Leon. So yeah, he left. Story. Exactly. You got something that can be sold. Um, I like the Kobe versus a lot of this stuff is leaning on. It seems like the hinge piece in this whole welterweight division is Mosvedal. Because he can sell against anybody you can easily sell the rematch with Masvidal versus Usman because he got that he took that fight on like what five days' notice
2: like less than a week or something,
0: okay, so he didn't get a full training camp for that fight, and he went to decision with the reigning champion, yeah, um, and he looked good at moments in that fight, so who knows what a bigger training camp maybe he'll do better. You can also sell kobe versus masvidal in the ultimate fighter because they obviously got backstory they were roommates they got bad blood basically kobe kind of rubs everyone the wrong way so pretty much whoever you put them in with it's going to be some you can sell it so those three pieces kobe edwards masvidal out of those three pieces I think the one that is the most intriguing is Leon Edwards because of the fact that he's not he. Out of all those guys, he has the range and the striking ability to be able to compete with Usman. But, um, I, I know that Masvidal is levels above Usman when it comes to striking, but the grappling part, he he will have a. I don't think he can make that up in the training camp. I think uh, it'll be pretty much the same thing. It'll be another bully job, and we saw Kobe get his face broken. So he don't got he got pillow hands. If they just go tit for tat, then I'm taking Usman again. Uh, and Leon never he hasn't tasted the title shot yet. He has him and the champion already went at it, and he he lost, but. I want to see some new blood in there we mentioned cowboy and he's kind of like the wild card out of this trio because he has the most intriguing matchup stylistically with anyone um however not so sure i'm sold on him getting a title shot with his credentials as of yet so i would say he will probably i would give wonder boy burns a shot give them a little give make that a matchup in the welterweight division and i would work in the the if you're gonna give i think if you're gonna do the um, the ultimate fighter and leon edwards isn't the direct tech, i think he, if he wins impressively against bala muhammad you throw him right in there with Usman, and then you let kobe and Street Jesus do the Ultimate Fighter. However, if Leon doesn't win impressively, you do Leon Street Jesus and give Kobe the title shot. That's my that's my take.
1: You also got uh, Michael Kiesa out there quietly moving yeah. up the ranks. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And he but looks good to. moving up. He was really good since moving up to
0: um 170. It's a good move for him. So you think you uh toss Kiesa in there with um with either Wonderboy or, or Burns? Or do you give him Tyron Woodley, maybe? Woodley's got a fight with Wonderboy Wonder Well, Vicente Lucas, another name we didn't mention. He's got
2: a fight with Woodley coming up, but yeah, I mean Wonderboy and Kiesa should be... That's that's a Styles matchup right there. Complete
0: opposites. Yeah. Got a, uh, dynamic grappler versus a dynamic strikler.
1: striker. Striker. Striker? Striker. Yeah, striker. <laughs> Definitely striker. Yeah, we'll go with striker. <laughs> Wonderboy <more> is <to> <laughs> the game to figure out. Because I, I feel like
0: every time I watch him get in there, Every opponent is either super aggressive or, like, and they just try to like, get him out of there quickly or they're frozen in place. They don't know what to do. And we've seen him get hit hard and leveled by guys who are patient, by guys who can buy their time, wait for openings, because while he's really good and his kicking game is amazing, he, he can be hit when it comes to boxing. We've seen him get starched by Anthony Pettis. That was some like absolute ninja shit. And then we seen Woodley drop him too. Um, most guys, like I said, they kind of get mesmerized when they're in front of him because they, they, he, he can switch his stances and he, can, he has that long kick range. But look, I don't know if we haven't seen him I don't know if we've seen him against a guy who's going to be hell-bent on just taking him down at that level that Kiesa is. So i would be, be an intriguing matchup. What do you think, Mark?
3: I, I love that matchup, actually. I think that would be a very technical fight just because you'd have to see. Wonderboy's takedown defense is pretty fucking good being with uh, Wyman and all them. But Kiesa has this awkward striking style that he somehow just gets in there. Uh whether he'll get past the kicks of Wonder Boy, not 100% sure, but that's what I want to find out. I want to see how it plays out. I want to find out if he can get in there or if Wonder Boy is just going to kick him to the side and just point him out. He he could starch him, too. He could
0: starch him. He could. He he has before. He's, He's knocked out some... I mean, look—the the damage that we seen from Wonder Boy in the beginning of his Walter Weight Weight run was pretty fucking awesome. But like, he was knocking out former title holders. He was putting guys away because like it was just it's really—it's a tough puzzle to solve, similar to like what Machida bought to the two hundred five division. When I mean, you have those guys that are really good with that karate style, where they can pop in and out and leap in with strikes, kick you at distance, and keep you on the outside, and force you to be frozen in place, they present a little bit different challenge than your traditional guys that have a more kickboxing Muay Thai base, where they're just like mostly plodding straight forward. Um, and then you got your guys obviously with your boxing bases. They're still, they have footwork, but they it can be, you can figure it out. It's not as tricky as a guy who has a karate background because you you don't get a lot of examples of that at a high level in the, in mixed martial arts and you also don't have a ton of training partners to get ready for that. So it it he always presents a puzzle when it comes to um trying to figure out what you want to do with him as an opponent obviously defensively how you want to how you want to approach defending his offense and on the flip side, you don't mean just run straight in because he's a good counter striker. So you kind of like you damn if you do, damn if you don't type. And and the guys that I feel in the division that can handle that the most are those top tier grapplers like Colby, like Usman. Um, I would say even the, even Masvidal can, I think he'll be fine against Wonderboy. I mean they've they've already matched up, right? Yeah, they should have
2: already fought. So they still haven't said nothing about the Ultimate Fighter, right? Like coaches.
0: The only rumor that I've only heard one rumor, and it was it was uh, Kobe and Mosbado. Well, I just
2: like looked up what weight classes it was going to be for, and it's uh they already did the tryouts in November, mm-hmm. and they say it's supposed to air sometime in March. And we're in March right now. I ain't see nothing about it.
3: I think they're having trouble because they're doing so many fights in the Apex, but they also have to be the ultimate fighter there. So it's kind of conflicting. Mm. Is what's going on. Fight every week. Exactly. So it's hard to put an ultimate fighter together when there's a fight every week.
2: <laughs> well, no, 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 no. They already, uh... well, yeah, that was back then, too, in November. Yeah. They, uh, so they probably start filming in uh, December or January. Unless it's live. Is it live this time?
3: No, I, I, don't, I think they did the tryouts, but they never actually had the coaches. They had coaches lined up, but then things weren't panning out the way they expected it to. So they ended up having to change the coaches, and now they don't have any coaches yet. I don't think they filmed it at all.
2: They're doing uh for the casting. They're doing remote casting, so I guess you gotta send in a, like a trial video. Where they did? It's bantamweight and uh middleweight, so it's gotta be it's gotta be a one seventy uh coach. Watch they announced it a press conference for the pay per view during the press conference or something, or during Maybe. the. Uh, the actual pay-per-view itself.
3: It's just weird because they had that whole teaser video that they released,
1: yeah. but nothing's came of it.
2: I mean, after the pay-per-view, right, it's the 27th of March.
1: It could be, they got four days after that to put it on if it's going to be in March. It's, it's got to be a welterweight. Unless Ooh. it's secretly Khabib, <laughs> that's why Dana knows something. He's, he's really, a coach? What if it's it could oh. be GSP?
0: <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What if it's could GSP and they have like a super fight at one seventy? <laughs> How sick would that be? That one sixty.
1: That blow my socks off. <laughs> Open a new car with one sixty mark. Yeah. Oh, the one sixty five. That would be
3: amazing. Yeah,
1: we talked
0: about We talked a lot about um we talked about scoring and judging in the MMA in the last podcast. And I think uh one thing that we didn't talk about that maybe we should is um what about what about weight classes because we do have some really big gaps we saw with adesanya moving up to 205 from 85 that okay obviously we know that they make weight classes for a reason and the bigger guy with if you take all things being equal the bigger guy is going to have an advantage that's mostly why you see guys cut weight they'll try to drop down to a lower weight class to be the bigger fighter in that division and that way, like like I said, if all things equal,
1: the bigger guy has an edge. Um, I was thinking, because like for me, personally, I, I hate weight cutting.
0: I think that it's just I think it's worse form of cheating than steroids. I would take a guy on steroids any day versus a guy that on fight day weighs 40 pounds bigger than what he's supposed to weigh on the scale the night before or the two nights before. I'll take that anytime I'll give me the steroid guy. Then
2: yeah, weight cutting is pretty dangerous too the way they do it sometimes. Right.
0: Um we seen some people get hospitalized. Um we seen like famously Khabib versus Tony Ferguson um be ended up, you know, in a hospital and couldn't make he had to pull out of that fight. Um one of the five fights that Khabib versus Tony just like uh just never happened but it's one of them was because of a bad weight cut so not only does it compromise the fighter i think it takes away from sport and i also think it takes away from the fans because some of the matchups that we want to see don't happen just based off people I mean, it's it's tough enough to get ready, to have a training camp, to fight and focus on fighting. Then you got to focus on getting your weight down and getting your like diet right. I'm like, if if the weight classes were close enough to where guys can compete in closer to their weight class without being worried about someone just dropping down far, then I think it would be a better product overall for the league, for the, for the sport itself. And if you want to get MMA to the level of all the major sports in the U.S. like NFL, NBA, or M- MLB, you'll get. You want to legitimize the sports champions and the the sport as for the common person to look at it. And when a common person, if you ask them about the, you know how fighters get ready for their matchups, they wouldn't even. They wouldn't. Most people don't know that you got these guys are cutting forty pounds. They think they see the numbers and they go, "Oh, that guy's a hundred and fifty five pound champion." So okay, he must be hundred and fifty five pounds. No, like Khabib walks around somewhere around two hundred. You know? and, and then you got Usman, who's the one hundred and seventy pound champion. That dude's two hundred something too. So he's not. What, why are we using these numbers? Why are we calling it the one hundred and seventy 170 five, one hundred and seventy pound? champion when these they're not 170 pound men or you got you know obviously the place where the rubber hits the road is the heavyweight division because these they're closer in weight than as as stated than any other division because you look at all the other divisions 205 that guy ain't 105 pounds in the cage that guy's probably 240 and then you look even go you drop all the way down to the lowest division you go all the way down to 125 pounds figueroa is not 125 pounds he's probably closer to 150 so it's interesting to me that we don't have weight classes at least every 10 pounds I think we probably would do better with more. I think every five pounds, I think boxing got it right. It's one of the many things that boxing did get right. I think you have to have a, an arena for guys to either move up a little bit or dominate where they are and stay close to what they weigh and not have to cut so much weight. Um, I know there's obviously, they can easily be differing opinions on this, but I think every five pounds would be perfect. Like you have a you know 45, 50 55
2: 60. That created a lot of, of uh, like double champs and stuff. I think we're already doing that, right? Isn't that yeah. kind of like the landscape? That's that's the reason why Well only one person is defending it, and given that one of the divisions doesn't even have rankings.
3: It makes I think sense five pounds is too much. I think that's too much. So you're gonna have way too many divisions, you're gonna have people jumping between three or four divisions all the time, trying to do that. They're not really going to solve the weight-cutting issue. It's really just going to be they're going to be like, well, I can be a champion all three of these divisions right now. Just like boxing, it's all over the place. You don't have enough interesting contenders. You don't have enough storylines in each. I think 10 pounds is the safe spot. I think that the only issue we really have is all the big gaps, 85 to 205, 155 to 70, you know. 205 to one or 265. Like, that's, those are the problems because when you see somebody move up from featherweight to light heavyweight or lightweight, they do well. They do well. They're competitive. They, I think those are close enough. But when you see somebody move from 185 to 205, they can be competitive, but not most of the time. It's.
0: Well, the, the, the most recent examples of that, these guys have become amazing. You look at Anthony Smith, he went from 185 to 205, and he had resurgence in his career. It and then pretty, yeah. Tiago Santos went from 185 to 205, and he's a title contender now. But those well. were
2: both huge dudes. But listen were, to this they weren't champions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. The champions that did go up the 205 we're, uh, searched. That were middleweight champions. Yeah. They all lost so far. Like Chris Wyman and Luke Wyman. Rockhold? Rockhold. Adesanya.
0: I guess you can – he won the, He was the middleweight champion at one point. I guess you can add lump him in there too. He wasn't a UFC middleweight champion, but he was. Danny Anderson, he went from oh, – yeah. uh, Yeah, I destroyed that two hundred five by Cormier. Yeah, he got uh,
3: even though he was a lightweight champ. That was in Pride,
0: right? That's what what I meant. Like he wasn't the UFC middleweight champion, but he was champion at one point in middleweight in Pride, which the UFC owns
3: Pride. So, well, I'm Uh, just saying their light heavyweight in Pride was basically middleweight. Right, right. He was the middleweight champion in Pride, right? Yeah, well, he yeah. was the light heavyweight, I thought. Light
0: heavyweight, okay.
2: Wait, they—I don't think they had middleweight. Their welterweight wasn't that like, uh, technically, their middleweight, and then middleweight, or it was weird. I know they didn't have a a certain division. It was like 185 and 205, but he had both those belts,
0: but it was different names. Why do we even the have are- these? names like what is these what do these names even mean what is a what welter weight what is that fuck no why we like what is what is
2: okay what is fly a welter weight
1: welter yeah, fly weight about bugs
0: exactly i'm like <laughs> all we need all we need to know is how much does the competitor weigh 125 135, 145, 55, and so on. We know who cares about those silly little names. I think in like Marky Mark, you might I think you might be on to something. Look, five pounds, look, I am optimistic. I'm looking, I'm thinking like a perfect world, utopian view. I wanna see the best of the best and the best competitors in the best shape. I don't wanna see guys killing themselves to cut weight just so they can compete i want to see guys like look i weigh this much and i'm fighting at this weight i think we'll get better fights that way because guys can spend their training camps working on skills and getting ready for the fight mentally and not worry so much about just losing weight and and dropping this dropping water to make a certain to make the scale so they can compete and i think once if you have more opportunities and more belts more divisions then you you alleviate that naturally. I think naturally you'll see um, kind of the smaller guys um, that are competing close to their weight. They'll be able to shine more, and that'll encourage the guys who are dropping weight to stay closer to their weight class. I think in the old school lightweight division in the one hundred and fifty five pound division, we saw Frankie Edgar do a really good job dominating bigger guys on uh, as a whole because he was able to stick or stick close to his weight and not necessarily compromise himself before the fight and then you'd see in I mean obviously he was the champion of that division and he beat some legends I mean he he beat BJ Penn he had some epic wars with gray maynard um and you look at the the level of the co- of competition in the lightweight division. He was probably the smallest guy out of everyone in that division. And he still was able to not only hold his own, but dominate and be champion because he was able to keep his vitality and keep himself from, just like I said, like from killing himself before the fight. And I think if we see more examples of that, you'll get the most, the truest expression of the sport. Yeah, he only to-
2: just now started uh, cutting weight.
0: It, like because he's like I mean at at some point the, you can't beat physics. I mean yeah. the bigger guy is going to have the advantage. So you're fighting guys who think about it. One fifty five. That's Khabib. He exactly. Frank, Frank Edgar ain't fucking with Khabib. Khabib's a two hundred pound dude. He's wrestling with heavyweights in the gym. So you know I w- I would rather see how much different would it look if these guys the names wouldn't change i mean the fighters if you're good you're good the names wouldn't change too much i think you would see a lot of opportunities for people to go up a few or maybe down a few and you'll see some champ champ type opportunities but i think as a whole over time obviously the sport itself will evolve and get better because of it you will have less um, pulling out because of weight cut issues, and you'll have more people competing and being
1: at their tip-top form fight night if they don't have to kill themselves a couple of days before the fight to make weight.
3: On this subject, though, we are just ignoring the fact that 1FC has already done this. They have already gotten rid of weight cutting. Yeah, they got a good system they have a very strict system about weight cutting where they have almost like USADA doing random weight checks on you throughout the year. And they also like, I think it's, um, they check your weight every day during fight week and three hours before the fight to make sure that you are on the weight that you said you were and you weren't cutting or hydr or like dehydrating or anything like that. You have to be, an exact weight. So they do like the hi- like hydration tests. Yeah, I think they, they do uh, hydration and piss.
1: So what,
0: what? And I think another thing that can help that is um, body per- like percentage. Like you can only be a certain percentage of weight above your your class you're competing in. So if you're one seventy, you can't be one ninety at any time if you're 170 and you're say 184 or 179 maybe that's okay but if you're once if you're competing at 170 and you weigh over 179 pounds you have to move up to the next division
3: so they do do that like when they ask your random weight they require like your walk around weight they they assign you your division you don't get to choose your division anymore When you you walk around at a weight, that's what they assign you to do. And then a couple weeks beforehand, they require you to be a certain percentage of that weight, like within that weight class. And then as it gets closer, they test you more strictly and more strictly and more strictly to make sure that you are on weight and healthy and not using IVs or dehydrating yourself.
1: They force you to do it the right way. I like it. Mo.
2: Yeah, hey, that's how they should do it if they don't want people killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, look, that would change the whole landscape of everything in the UFC, though.
0: But oh, yeah. I, it definitely would. I mean, it, but I think it would change it for the better. I think if you get... Because if you just ignore the names, if you ignore the welter, middle, light, heavy, all the names, if you strictly go, look, we're going to make... Et- a division and a champion for every ten pounds, starting at 125 pounds, right, all the way up to heavyweight. Now, when it comes to heavyweight, after you get to say 225, I, I think it's kind of negligible at that point. You can go, okay, this because th- here, here's the only difference in that the only name that anyone cares about is heavyweight. The, all, the, all the other names are just whatever, whatever. No one cares. But when you talk about the heavyweight champion. It's usually considered to be the baddest man on the planet because he's the biggest guy. If you're the champion of all the bigger guys, then you're the champion because we can extrapolate down. We can go, okay, look, Stepe, we'll fuck up. Could
1: no contest. We got we we take Stepe. He's a huge favorite in that. Stepe beats his mom. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. we That's, that's who, when you're a heavyweight champion, you're the champion. Period. Um.
0: So, I think anything 225 and below doesn't even need a designation. You're just a 225 ch- pound champion. Anything, if say, if, if after that you go, look, 225 to 300, that's the heavyweight champion. Everything else is its number. They could do
2: a 10 weight, like for each weight class going down. Yep. 225, 215,
0: 205. 195, 185, 175, all the way down to 125. And yeah, I think...
3: It'll create Like, what, three or four new weight classes? Three yeah, that'll be, be a decent amount of new, new belt holders, too. And it'll shuffle the whole, every division. Period. It'll shuffle the cards. Um,
0: I think you'll see guys like Kamar Usman, who competes at 170 pounds, Walter weight, 170 pounds, I think you'll see him close to, like, 185.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you'll see guys like um, Khabib in a similar like it, like it, it wouldn't be, he'd be competing more at one seventy five one eighty five than he would be at one fifty five, and I think that I think that would naturally line up all the competitors the same way. I don't think um, it would over it would um, make divisions thin because there's a ton of guys in every division that are on the cusp they're like really good but for some reason a little bit of something is missing i think having the fact that they don't have to cut so much weight would alleviate that little bit of something and we'll see some real contenders in every division and then uh, really if you're looking at it from a monetary standpoint having more champions is a good thing you can market a champion pretty much all the time Mm-hmm. I don't think it waters it down I don't, I don't think it waters down the sport it makes, I think it makes, you'll see more entertaining fights You'll see more finishes You'll see a better expression Of, the, of, the, of mixed martial arts Which is what we're all in it for that's what, all, that's what I'm in it for, I know And that's what the ultimate UFC stood for In the beginning, like the ultimate fighting championships We wanted to see the truest expression of martial arts So, I think you'll get that When you alleviate the Sanctioned cheating of weight
3: cutting In my opinion Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus more champions for fight nights too. Mortal type, ti- more title opportunities for fight nights or smaller cards versus just always having to lump them into just the pay per views.
2: Yeah. When was the last time there was a title fight on like
0: a normal card that wasn't a pay per view on a fight night? It was. It's, you know what the trend usually is. It's usually the smaller divisions. The the those are sometimes title defenses on these cards. Like you'll see uh a fight night, and it'll be like a 125 or a one. Fighting Mouse was the king of that. Correct. Yes. Oh. Alright. So you'll see that. Um you might see a women's title fight on a fight night card, but usually I think people want to pay for the characters they want to pay for the the people who are needle movers like when you see a you have a, either a dominant champion or someone who has a spicy personality
1: that's when
0: you, what's up figurado right that's when you can get people that's when you can get the average person to buy in because really when you think about it that's who's spending the money on the cards is the casual fan That's that's what you're marketing to when it comes to pay-per-view buys. You want to have a name that means something of significance. Like, yeah, you're the champion, but why should we care? Why do we care that you're a champion? That's why Conor McGregor has such a big aura. Like, he gets the average person to care. Whereas, when you think about... Let's give another champion example. Let's say you take um, Amanda Nunes she has that similar thing like she's just such a dominant woman champion that you know pretty much whoever she's going against that she's gonna fight throttle them so you have a chance to go like look is this the night is this the night that someone because everyone's gonna have their night where they're gonna get knocked off no matter how dominant you are and that is a good pull of having a really dominant champion so sometimes you get champions who are they're they're good and they they earned the right to be at the top of the mountain, but it's like the average fan: do they really care? Nah,
1: they just want to see
2: uh, somebody get knocked out. Randy right. Cortez—that's who they want to see.
0: Exactly. That's why Stipe kind of doesn't really move the needle, so to speak. Because even yeah, though not, it's, his, it's his personality.
2: Well, he's obviously good. He doesn't say enough to get, get the
0: fans hyped like that. Spicy personality? Or you have to be... Un, you have, the people have to care. Period. If they don't care, then it's like the average... We're, we're hardcore enthusiasts. We watch every fight for the most part. So we care. Mm-hmm. We, you don't have to, Stipe's body of work is good enough for me to give oh, him yeah. Like that's 100%. good enough, right? What he puts on in the cage is good enough for me, but for someone that doesn't watch as much as me, someone that doesn't rewatch fights that are, have already happened, they don't care. They're like that name doesn't mean anything, and he doesn't bring the kind of he's not he doesn't have that looming like oh my god this is the guy that's the heavyweight champion. Whereas a guy like ganu is automatic. Like you don't
3: even have to pronounce his name; you just know he's a guy that knocks out all the other guys. That sells. I think one of the problems C.P.A. also has is he looks like an average Joe. He is your average Joe Midwestern firefighter. People, when they want to think about a heavyweight champ, they want to think about somebody like Naganu, who's fucking jacked and looks intimidating. You know, C.P.A. just sounds like a mumbling, you know, Midwesterner, <laughs> unfortunately. I love the man. He's my boy. When you think about it,
0: his predecessor, um, as far as being dominant, was Cain Velasquez. And Kane wasn't a physical specimen to look at. Like, if you look at Kane, he doesn't, with his shirt off, he doesn't, like, go, oh, my God, this guy is Adonis. So he doesn't, like, scare you in that mode. However, in the way he fights and in the way he destroys his opponents, that was enough. To be like, okay, that is definitely the guy. He also had Mexico. Well, he had Brown Pryant tattooed across his chest. He looks like like that dude that
3: nobody wants to see walking down the fucking California alleyway. Right. So he had that intimidation factor, even though he was one of the sweetest guys ever. Exactly. But It's like perception is reality. When you
0: see... When you see King, you'd be like, oh fuck. Like I might wanna you you hold your girl a little bit closer. You lock them doors. But when you see Stepe, he doesn't really he doesn't draw that out of you. He might walk an old lady across the street. That doesn't make him less of a fighter, but as far as being scary, he don't really got it. No. Um but um we spent a lot of time on the heavyweights there. The point is the heavy heavyweight division does should have a moniker, like uh, I think that uh, having the name heavyweight is important. But the rest of the weight classes, look, do you get a number, bro? Whatever you want change, then though, I, I know. I'm just being a dreamer.
2: It'll never change. They should add new divisions to fill in the gaps, though. Definitely change one seventy 170 to one seventy five, and add one sixty five. And put somewhere and then, in between uh, middleweight and light heavyweight.
0: Right. If you get 95, 205. After 205, that's when you're talking about splitting hairs. Because from 205 to 215, now you're talking about it's kind of borderline. But I think it's still a benefit to have 215 and 225. And then make everything else heavyweight. 225 and above heavyweight.
2: I think uh, it, I think. It's
0: they're fighting at like
3: 230. I don't think they're fighting under that. Who's that? They're fighting like 230 to 250, most of them. And then you got the big boys like Derek Lewis, who's cutting down. Yeah.
1: I think you
0: would give an opportunity for guys who are currently competing at 205 to be in their natural weight classes at 225, though. Because a lot of those 205ers are cutting down from like 230. Yeah. Well, I believe Jan probably did. Yeah,
3: so at I least think that, 220.
2: at least two twenty cut down from.
3: I believe Yol did. Right. So if you take
1: <laughs> Romero, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <man>. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, Costa, come on, man,
3: huh? Costa, you know he. Oh you yeah, remember. I said Joel Romero. You know, Costa too. Yeah, He's they least definitely both cut from there. If look,
0: uzman fights at 170. Okay, Usman fights at 170, he's at least 210.
1: Yeah. At he's least. Gotta,
0: gotta be. Rumble Anthony Rumble Johnson used to compete at 170 pounds. Think about that. This dude's a heavyweight. This is a scary 205er. He was knocking everybody out at 205 and he cut weight to get the 205. He can easily walk. He's he can easily be 240. He's a I mean, he's one of the Freakiest of all the freaks. If you think about it, like that guy competed at 170 pounds. So that should tell you something. He slimmed
2: down yeah. so for uh a. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, he's competing with your well. I'm telling me, right?
2: Yeah. Next mm-hmm. month he's fighting your well. I don't know how that one's
0: going to go. That's
2: a I, great
3: fight.
0: N- n- you know, I don't have to let that extra 20 pounds, man. That. I- could be dangerous for somebody, and yeah, we'll talk about that as it gets closer. That's a good one.
1: We'll talk
2: about that whole tournament, in fact. Mm-hmm. A lot of good fights on there.
1: So, closing thoughts on UFC fighting Night: Edwards versus Muhammad. Pull up the card. It's a good card. I, there's, I look at the
0: matchups. Okay, so we got. Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spann in the co-main event. That's a good one. Both guys are um, 205 prospects. So that should be a good one. Ryan Spann, they both have some hiccups. Um, but they both have some really notable wins as well. Then you got Dan Egan, Gavin Tucker. Gavin Tucker's, Um,
1: he only got one loss. And coming from, where, where'd he come from? I know he, is he, is he Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. Um he only has one loss so on on his, uh in even
0: in his UFC career. This his debut? No, 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 no. Uh he's he's been in UFC for a good bit now. He had, he has five fights. Oh he beat Sam Cecilia, uh Su Woo Choi,
1: Su. I can't it's that's Superboy? No. Did, no. He beat Justin James. He beat Billy Quintilio. Those is his wins. He lost to Rick Glenn. Um, so this is a pretty big step up in competition for
0: him. But he's all he's won eighteen. He's eighteen and one. I think I think his record's eighteen and one.
1: Let me see. I know he he's thirteen and one. Sorry, he only got one loss. And I believe he's primarily a submission guy, but he's fighting um, Dan Ige, a Hawaiian
0: prospect who he has a pretty good resume. I mean, he's
1: he he he's, he recently lost to
0: Calvin Qatar. That was his most recent fight. But other than that, I mean he got a pretty good uh, list of names that he's defeated in the UFC. He has Ed- Edson Barbosa, Mursad Bektik, uh, Kevin Aguilar, Jordan Griffin, Julio all oh, well, no, and Mike Santiago. He he ripped off like six wins in a row before losing to Calvin Qatar. I and I think that fight would have given him if he would have beat if had he beaten Calvin Qatar, he would have been fighting Max Holloway instead of you know, Calvin Qatar, obviously. So, that, these are, that's an interesting... Um, this is that's, 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 that's pretty good to see um, we're getting some pretty good fights on a free
2: card. And the following week, there's another good one.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: Well, still, sticking to this card, look, we still have
0: um, Eric Anders and Darren Stewart at, at middleweight. Was he, uh, Anders? Was he hurt? I haven't seen him in a while. I think so. I think he was I think he was injured. The last time he fought, uh he it was twenty twenty against Christoph Joko. Joko. He lost a he lost to him in decision. He went to a three round decision. And that was May sixteenth. So it
1: was like Yeah, well he had a full year almost. Before this the last time he entered the into the cage. It was like a full almost a year. Wait, actually, a little bit over a year. Thinking about it mathematically, so twenty twenty, yeah, less than a year, almost a year. So we got um. That's that's another fight on that on this free card. We got, excuse me.
3: Let's see. I mean, even the prelims is pretty stacked. Like for me. The two girl fights on the prelims, I mean, there's three of them, but the two that stick out to me is obviously Hill versus Yoder is going to be a good fight. And then you also got Casey versus uh, Aldridge. That's mm. also a great matchup. Like, oh, yeah. And those are on the prelims. Yeah, so This card is pretty, pretty
1: good. You know who else is on this card? Sure. <laughs> um, Super-sized Gastelum. Nazrat
0: Nazrat, Pass. He's like, he looks like, he looks Close like. A, yeah, they can be twins. He's on this card too. Freedom? Yeah, and uh, Ronnie mm-hmm. Yaya too. Ronnie Yaya is fighting um, Ray Rodriguez. This is, this is a good one. This is it for a free card? We get a good mix of contenders, um, up and comers, and some guys who are kind of like, some of these some of these are rematches. Obviously uh, Angela Eel and uh, Ashley actually Yoder's a rematch. And we get some guys who are kinda on the brink. Um they like Ryan uh, Ryan is an interesting prospect to me. Like he ripped off five wins. Um he won the contender series. Dana White's he didn't win it, but he won um on the contender series and then he went on to win four in a row um before that crazy fight he had with fucking Johnny Walker. Do you remember that? Do you remember that fight? The um, It was uh, September of last year.
1: Oh, Johnny-
3: oh, that was a good one, man. That was, that was crazy. When um, he tried to do the backflip? No, that was earlier on. Johnny Walker? Yeah. Oh, Spam.
1: No, no, no. Final so one. on
3: this fight,
0: this was a crazy one because this was a more. We got a more stoic version of Johnny Walker in this one. He wasn't super crazy and doing all the, uh, you know, the Johnny Walker weird shit. But it, it, he he started off very slow. This this fight was on
3: the same it was on the same card as Woodley Co- Woodley Covington. I remember that now. It was like right. Re- he just changed camps and everything because he fired everybody. So he was mm-hmm. trying to take a more calculated approach. But that's just not him what well, he's, uh,
1: isn't he with, in Ireland, with, uh, Connor?
3: Yeah, he is now. Right. He was for that fight, too. That's what I mean. That was, like, his first fight with them, right? Correct. Um, Has he, has he fought since then?
0: No, that was, the, that was his last fight. That was his last fight? Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, but he looked, he came out, and he was super calm, and very stoic, not, not the old Johnny Walker, and then Ryan Spann, um he he had he had been on a a good winning streak i got even won like five in a row Uh four in a row um before that fight and that fight came out it was it was fireworks man like he had johnny walker in bad shape like he was hurting he was uh ryan span had johnny walker pretty much out of there um, until he started going for takedowns, and then Johnny Walker landed some nasty hammer fists and elbows that eventually put him away. So it basically was like a a comeback thing, like where Ryan Spann started off crushing and then got caught. Um, I guess he got he, he he stayed on the double leg too long and didn't protect himself, and Johnny Walker went fucking Donkey Kong on him. He would just hammer fist him and. That was nasty. It was it was a crazy fight because I saw I thought it was going to be another knockout TKO loss for Walker, but it flipped and it ended up being a knockout TKO loss for Span. So this is an interesting card to see him back in action after that. And um, now Misha Serkanoff is so oddly enough, his last loss was also to Johnny Walker.
1: He got uh flying knee third with thirty in thirty seconds. But that was and uh Yep, thirty at 36 of the first round. He got that was on the
0: John Jones, Anthony Smith card. His last so both these guys last loss was Johnny Walker. However, Misha has um performed he he's been in the
1: cage since and he fought Jimmy Cruit and he got a win. So Ruvian necktie submission. So
0: it's interesting to see. Um, we got another striker grappler type deal, but in, in, in this matchup with um, Serkinov versus Span, Span has some grappling credentials though. He fights out of a pretty small camp, but he's fairly well rounded and he's a big dude. He's six five, so seventy nine, almost eighty inch reach. Should be an interesting one.
2: Yeah, three
1: cards, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. bad. At least it starts at eight. Oof. Nice and early. Yeah, those. The
3: late car is kind of brutal, bro. Pay per views Oof. For real. You know how I torture myself. I was like, you know, like leaving your crib. Uh, I was like, all right, I'm not
0: to the point where I'm going to put somebody in danger. However,
3: I'm glad I'm a little far away. Uh, I fell asleep very fast. Dude, I just Kevin. have a debate on whether I'm going to sleep or pulling an all-nighter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was funny seeing Kevin drunk, and apparently he likes whiskey. So we know for this time,
2: y'all ready to wrap <laughs> this up? Yeah, we can wrap it up.
0: All right, We're man. Up. So, guys, you ha- you heard it. This is the Ashley Knuckle Podcast. That's our. UFC, oops, one eighty seven. I think it's fight. Is it Fight Night one eighty seven? Yeah, Fight Night one eighty seven got Bilal Muhammad taking on Leon Edwards. That was our preview, as always. It's a Fight Podcast for MMA fans by MMA fans. So whether you are a seasoned vet or a filthy casual, holla at us for the info, Mark. Mosey has always been always a pleasure, guys. All right, guys. Zip exactly. it up zip it out.
1: Peace. La, 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 la.